Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hey, ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us Weekly, the weekly show where we talk about shows exclusive to Disney Plus, episode by episode, week by week, for your enjoyment and ours. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin, and I'll Griffin D-Pad, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, the amazing, the hungry, Mr. Miss George. How are you doing? You are muted, my friend. I forgot I forgot. I muted myself in the intro so you don't hear weird background noises. You start recording, and that's about how well an day is going, uh, but I am also very hungry. We always come into the weekly shows with such an unhinged energy. It's really great. This is peak us. I mean, you know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm like, this is that <laughs> furthest thing from my mind, but it'll be nice to have a distraction. Yeah, folks. It's from City be... of Stars and trying to get that platinum trophy. I still got to get back to that game. It's so good. But I'm, I'm so close. I'm still on that Baldur's Gate train, and I don't think I'm ever leaving. <laughs> See, that for me is what, like, what the reward for finishing this is starting that. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. There's also that Avatar uh, game that came out because, you know, James Cameron blew people. I don't eh, care. I don't care. Uh, you, had, you had you had Pocahontas with blue people as the movie. Now you've got Far Cry's Pocahontas with blue people I will as the say, video though, game. I will say I'm significantly more interested in the video game than I am in any of the movies. So I'm interested in none of it. But we're not here to talk about Avatar. We might be in a few weeks. Few weeks. Just, we, 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 we might talk about it a little bit. You never know. Maybe we'll finally talk about a video game, and that video game will be Disney Dreamlight Valley. Beside the point, uh, we're here to talk oh, about we're, Behind we're the Attraction. We're, yeah, we're talking Ooh. about Behind the Attraction today, episode whatever of season two. It is titled The Five? Food. No. No, I think it's four. How many more? Because we have two more left. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I thought, for some reason, I thought there were eight, not six. It's The Food. If you haven't listened to one of these, first off, let me give you all the spiel. The weekly show. D+ there is no spiel. Uh, the weekly there is there there's a there's a spiel, there's a spiel and there's yeah. a rigmarole and there's housekeeping. Uh, the rigmarole is we already done. Housekeeping. There's always housekeeping. Go watch the other shit. That's the housekeeping. Um, I mean, fair. No, so if you guys haven't listened to it, the weekly show normally we talk about the episode, talk about the plot of the episode, just kind of talk about the episode in general. If you haven't listened to a behind the attraction episode before, though, typically we deviate from the actual episodes themselves to kind of just talk about the overall topic and our experiences with them in the parks. With this one, I want to talk about the episode for like a couple minutes before we really just start diving in and talking about the food of Disney, because God, there's so much to talk about with the food. There's of so much food. First off, I'm so happy this episode exists. Uh, yes. I think this, this is, is great. The, the, this and the nighttime sh- spectacular episode were the two I was most excited to watch and chat about with you. So I'm really glad that we got to this point. I like though that we're getting episodes of behind the attraction that aren't just about the attractions, because like the thing about Disney is that everything, every little detail in the, the in the parks is an attraction to somebody. So getting the bits about the food, getting the bits about the nighttime spectaculars. I hope we go further into that if we get a season three of this. The other thing... I, I feel like we're starting to run out of stuff to talk about, unfortunately. So I don't know how so much, much content... There is so much more we could. There's so much more there we could There is, talk about. but I worry that the the further they get into this, the less appeal there are going to be for some of these episodes for the general audience, where you're still pretty, you know wide ranging when it comes to you know we talked about big thunder one week we're talking about pirates now we're talking about food we've still got i think it's epcot and the nighttime spectaculars to chat about 
So I worry eventually you're just going to dilute it to a point where people aren't going to be as interested or invested as they are into like some I of these. I think we're going to get start to get specific. Um, and I think yeah. it's going to be less core themes and more specific attractions, which honestly I'm kind of here for. So, but that's also me as like a mega Disney nerd. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say about this episode is just it's super, super well paced and well edited. Um, yeah. This show, just in general, is has a very good pace to it. It gets through a lot of information really fast. So it is impressive. It skips and over some. I mean, it, it skips over some pretty core Disney food options, in my opinion, but we'll get into that. Yeah, it does go over a lot of them, but it also does not spend a lot of time in the U.S., which I really like. Uh, it yeah. spends so much more time overseas because a lot of those stuff, we went overseas, learned it was amazing over there, and then it got brought, got brought back to the parks over here. I mean, it's literally how Dole Whip got to california like well because ice cream melted mm-hmm. well yeah. it wasn't less it was less the ice cream melting and more you can't refrigerate shit as well in florida as you can in california yeah and also the idea of churros of introducing you know a, a menu item that isn't traditional to a specific area but does bring more cultural significance for for folks into the parks that they might not see representate like might not see it as representation but it is legitimate representation of a culture that um deserves more of a spotlight when it comes to food and beverage options and it's just it's ubiquitous now it's not like you only get the churros at the mexico pavilion at epcot they're everywhere in california which i really appreciate yeah and they do a really good job about that not just in like the churros but literally everywhere everywhere now i think one of the one of the big topics in the actual episode itself was how about themed restaurants and how that really wasn't much of a thing before disney the first major themed restaurant was the blue bayou at disneyland um, yeah, and like seeing it and seeing it, how they can bring in representation for all of these different cultures, whether it's in Epcot in the world showcase or just going into, just going to California adventure or going to Disneyland itself, seeing the different foods there. It's, it's always awesome, especially when you in festival season, when they have all this additional extra stuff going, but that said, yeah, we've I mean, talked about the episode. Yeah. It's time to just talk about food because there's so much food. What, Mitch? Let's start. Let's start where with a little comment you made a second ago. What's you mentioned that they kind of pass by some stuff that you think is core core Disney food. How do you have an episode that focuses on the food of Disney and not spend time talking about Casey's Corner? Yeah, kind of wild, right? That's insane to me. Casey's Corner or the World of Pandora? Like those are two dining staples for me as an east coaster when i go to florida like those are the two big things and they just glance right over they don't talk about galaxy's edge or the food options there. like there's so much they could dig into and they didn't which is kind of disappointing yeah i think I, they definitely stuck to this episode to a lot more of like hey this is about cuisine and it's about co- the history of cuisine yeah and like on that side it's cool but also there's just so many great food options at the parks um yeah pandora's is pretty great i don't personally i'm don't not one of the people that personally loves casey's corner but it is iconic i asked carmen you go to disney what is the one food item you have to have after we've watched this episode for me it was a meal at satouli canteen in animal kingdom doesn't matter what it is cheeseburger pods awesome the the bowls awesome the desserts awesome the drinks awesome for her it was the corn dog nuggets at casey's corner are we talking florida or uh california I'm talking Florida just because that's, that's we're talking the park Florida, I, will visit the it, most. I mean, it's both. It's it's a Toronto wrap. <laughs> it's a 
It's going yeah. to go into Star Wars and getting a Ronto wrap. That's my favorite food in the entirety of the parks. Specifically, really... both are great, but I like the breakfast one more. I'm really disappointed that they took the plant-based Ronto wrap off the menu. Right? It was that's so the good. Only, that's the that's the only Ronto wrap I have. I've had. I haven't had the regular breakfast one or the regular their lunch dinner one. I've only had that veggie breakfast Ronto ramp with the kimchi and the spot. Like, oh my God, it was perfect. It was so good and it's gone and it makes me sad. Yeah. The, one of the weird things kind of just a side effect of one of my Disney trips is I started eating a lot of not like meat alternatives after going to Disney, particularly from impossible. Um, because I'd gone to Disneyland uh, and ate a bunch at Avengers Campus at the Pim Test Kitchen. And yeah. most, almost, actually, I think all of the meat options at Pim Test Kitchen, uh, don't quote me on this, um, I think all of the meat options at Pim Test Kitchen are impossible meat. So not actual meat. Uh, I know the meat, the, like the, the meatball, in quotes, is. It's vegetarian for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things of it's like, oh, I actually kind of love this. I'm going to just incorporate this into my diet because it's great. Which, it's the same. I go to I go to Burger King. I'll get an Impossible Whopper 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I wasn't really expecting to be doing that coming out of a Disney park. Also, just all the food at Pim's Test Kitchen is fantastic. Okay, so it might not all be vegetarian. Like, it's a very, it's a very vegetarian-friendly restaurant, but, like, you've got eggs, which... Not vegan, is vegetarian, mm. depending on who you talk to. But there are like bacon options, there's salami. So like there 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 there's are options. plant-based options for sure, but I still think like there's the giant buffalo wing, which is a it's a turkey basically, you know. They talk about it a bit here, the turkey leg, so it's basically just one of those. God, the turkey sauce, legs, like, man. Those things are again, like I can't do those anymore. I can never do them due to my allergy to poultry. Ooh, yeah, that sucks. Like, I remember yeah. growing up and, like, my dad and I would get one of those and we'd share it. It would be, like, the f- greatest thing ever because you have this just gigantic piece of meat. Yeah, um, you just eat meat all day. And you feel absolutely, like, crap afterwards because it's just there's so, so much salt in that thing. But I, I can't, I cannot do it anymore. I feel bad just looking at one of those things now. <laughs> I will say, though, it was interesting going to California after having been in Florida, because I think there are a few things like the 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 cheeseburger spring rolls that they do in Florida are out of this world. They're so good. But then you don't really get the churro options the way that you have on the West Coast. So going going to Disneyland, getting that traditional Disneyland, what, 14 inch churro. Although I will say the best churro I've ever had at Disney was at a uh, the Nomad Lounge at Animal Kingdom. They had like. Oh, these little mini churros, they're like warm and fluffy. So it's not a like classic a mass, churro. N- not a mass produced churro like you get in, in California, but it was Dude, all Some of those so special good. churros are so good. There was like a peanut butter and jelly churro at one point that was legitimately mm. like one of the best things I've ever had. But I think one of the, there's like, it's kind of like two categories for food for me, or th- really three. For, mm. There's there's snack carts. Because the the snacks are fantastic, especially shout out to the Mickey Mouse pretzel. Um, that is my yep. that is my go to, as it should be. There are your counter restaurants, and then there's your sit down restaurants. Like those yeah. are kind of the your quick three... service and your table service. Quick service yeah. and table service. Thank you. I could not remember those names to save my life. The only reason I remember them is because of the Disney dining plan. 
because the first time that we went to, or the first time I went to Florida as an adult, we had the dining plans. Like, okay, we've got the quick service plans. We got to plan out all our quick service meals, which honestly is probably the best way to do Disney. Um, we had a couple of reservations this last trip and having to plan your day around where you needed to be. Like we had a reservation at Via Napoli, one of the best pizzas I've ever had <laughs> from a restaurant that isn't a, like, like it's just amazing. Some of the quality of food that you can get from Disney. It, it's not you go to Disney. A lot of people are like, oh, the food's like whatever you're, you're eating pretzels and hot dogs and stuff. But then you go to you go somewhere like Via Napoli or no, uh, Le Cellier in, in the Canadian Pavilion show Canada uh, at Epcot. And it's just like, wow, this is out of this world. Or like even on the, Cali- the, on the wo- California side, going to the uh, Lamplight Lounge. Uh, the Lamplight oh, Lounge oh, might talk be my favorite meal I've had in the Disney park. Are we talking about it now or are we talking about it when we talk about the nighttime spectaculars? Because I have a fucking great lamp. Are you talking about tonight. like when you saw World of Color from the Lamplight Lounge? Watching World of Color from the Lamplight Lounge on the lower okay. deck. We right will talk on the about water, right on the edge. We will talk about watching that during the nighttime spectacular episode. But just the the Lamplight Lounge itself, the actual like the foods, the drinks, the the vibe of the restaurant, the theming, so yeah. good. Like walking down and seeing all of the art hanging from the ceiling and the, like, yeah, chandelier. the paper that they've got and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like also like the meal I had there, we had gone for brunch. So I had gotten avocado toast, which I was like, okay, it's a basic standard lunch. I wasn't expecting a ton out of it. They show up with this thing of avocado toast, and this thing has, like, a full fucking steak on it and a poached egg on top of everything. And I'm like, oh, gotcha. This is a a full fucking meal. (laughs) I mean, it should be if you're paying, like, $24 for an avocado toast meal. Well, it was one of those things where it's like, it definitely said it on the menu, but I did not fully read it. That's reasonable. You went for the you went for the experience, then just kind of stayed. And we went, we went for the drinks. Let's be real here. We went I mean, for the drinks. Yeah, that that's what we did. We ordered a few appetizers and drinks, and we had a fucking blast. Like we had that. Oh my god, have you had their potato skins? Yes, so good. Yo, they're so good. Um, but yeah, like it, it's just the 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 only thing I don't like about Disney food is people's. I, w- I don't want to say obsession, but I think there are a lot of people that plan their trips around specific meals. And that FOMO that kicks in of everyone having to make the reservations however many days out can make it so that your trip itself isn't as spontaneous as you might like it to be. That's um, definitely fair. We we were pretty spontaneous on our last trip where it was, you know, we had a few reservations we were willing to drop or reservations we might look to pick up or get on the wait list last minute, whatever the case might be. Uh, and we did that when we were in California as well, which honestly was probably better. Like we had, I don't even, we didn't have a lamp or we had a lamplight lounge reservation before we got to the park. The, the, as soon as we got to the park, I went to the concierge and said, or the, the maitre d' at the restaurant and said, Hey, we've got this reservation. Can you, do you work your magic to have it be a table with a great view of the show. It we're around the show, but we might be a little early, whatever the case might be. I think we were there like an hour before the show was going to start. They're like, don't worry about it. We can bump your reservation like 30 minutes and we're putting you in a spot that you need to be in. And like that level of service, let alone the, the dining and, and drinking experience, like when they can make those moment that those magical moments happen. And I know it's a cliche, but like that, made that trip for me that that experience at lamplight lounge although there was 
some stuff I'll talk to you about off camera that maybe made it less entertaining. But um, in general, like the the service like that accompanies the food options, whether it be from a cart where you're buying popcorn or at a really high end Italian restaurant. It's, yeah, I think like it, a couple of the special things for me, a lot of the special memories I have around food in particular at Disney is very much revolved around people. I think that's something yeah. that's not just Disney related. That's something that's very much food related of you associate those meals with the people you have those meals with, but you also associate those people, those meals with the people, with the wait staff, with the people checking you into the restaurant, with other people nearby. Like some of my favorite things, like on the, uh, on the Disney cruise, when I went as a kid, I don't remember much about it because again, child, you were a kid. <laughs> But yeah. one of the big things was that we kept the same wait staff the entire trip, even though we were eating at different restaurants every time. Like they they follow you from restaurant to restaurant, and it really makes your trip. One of my uh, I will say that's not that's not exclusively a Disney thing. Every cruise I know I've it's been a cru- on with other cruise lines, thing. they do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more to get the point across with the people. Um, but no, like, exactly. Yeah, one yeah. of my family's go-to spots in the entirety of the Disney parks is the malt shop at the beach club resort. Uh, it is, is that the one with the kitchen sink. It is the one with the kitchen sink. Uh, it is Which I'm it's, also surprised I didn't talk about here. Yeah. Right. This, this episode could have been like another two hours easily. Um, I would have been fine with that. Like I have my Disney cookbooks in the other room. Uh, the other room being the kitchen. Um, that, that tracks. <laughs> I still want to get the Ratatouille cookbook. The the Beach Club, though, fun as a... that being, like, our go-to spot now, like, it is so go-to for my family. Like, we get in the first night we are in Florida. That is where we go get dinner. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because of the people there. Like, we just had so many great experiences, either sitting at a table or sitting at the bar and just talking to to the staff there. They've always yeah. been the greatest, kindest people. And it really does make that experience. And that's everywhere. That's everywhere in the parks. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'm never going to forget, and I feel like every one of our episodes, I find a way to tie this back to when I got engaged, but I had the, the I had our engagement planned where we get to the park early because we've got a breakfast reservation at Be Our Guest Restaurant, Beauty and the Beast Castle, and Magic Kingdom. First day, first full day in Florida. We spent a half day at Epcot the day before, but our first full day in Florida, we're at Magic Kingdom. I'm proposing. We got this breakfast plan. So we, we do the whole thing, get um, a bazillion pictures taken by the photographer in front of Magic Kingdom Castle. I was, you know, cheap at the time. We didn't spring for photo pass, so he just took them all on my phone, which honestly worked out pretty well. Yeah, they um, And then we get to breakfast. And... <laughs> I ate two meals at that breakfast because my wife couldn't eat because she was too excited. <laughs> she was freaking out trying to text everyone who already knew that she was getting engaged, but uh, she was so excited. So I ended up eating both of our meals. And as we're leaving, I'm just like, oh, man, that, like it was a lot. I, I mentioned to the wait staff, I'm like, I, I didn't want to see the food go to waste. So like we, she ate what she did and I ate a lot more. But like it, it, we got engaged. Is there anything you can do? And they came out with like a congratulations plate with a gray stuff cupcake and it was just like it's those little things that you don't have to do as a service you know that great stuff though they always go up above and beyond they talk 
too much about the gray stuff in this damn episode. That's for damn that, sure. That gray stuff deserves to be talked about as much as they talked about. That stuff is amazing. But the corn dog nuggies, Griffin. They're corn the dog nuggies. nuggets. They're corn dog nuggets. They're great. I'm not disagreeing, but they're corn dog nuggets. They're not nearly this like mind blowing thing. That says shout yeah, out though. Uh, shout out to like the foot long corn dogs. Yeah, I will say like the reason I harp or I go back to Casey's as much as I do is that engagement day started at Be Our Guest and it ended at Casey's. And it's yeah. interesting how that entire day is framed not only around our experiences, but my memory, it's mostly around food and entertainment because we'll talk about happily ever after, I hope, In when we get to the finale of this <laughs> season. I really hope if they don't, there's going to be so hell to pay. I already have the oh thumbnail boy. made for that, and it's not happily ever after. I'll tell you that. Um, oh, is it world of color? No, it's fantastic. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> look, there's only look when it comes. I love, I love, love, love happily ever after. But if I have to pull like a single iconic thing from nighttime spectaculars, I'm pulling the it's motherfucking dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. But we're not talking about that. We're no. still talking about the. Uh, yeah, there's so many fantastic restaurants around the parks. Um, I definitely have a lot of that are like my personal favorites. Like I love the seventies primetime diner in Holly in Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. Studios. It's it's not the most special place by any means, but it's another one where it's like the staff really makes it for you. I like looking at Florida, because this isn't the case in California. Hollywood Studios desperately needed Galaxy's Edge, and I'm glad it's there because now there are actually dining options in that park that I enjoy. Yeah, there's more there that I, li- I like. There really isn't. I feel like a lot of the sit-down places were great. Yes. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. Unfortunately, they got rid of the coffee shop that I loved. Uh, it's like that <laughs> tapas place now. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But it, it was it was the coffee shop where I got to meet Ridley Pearson, so it like really held a special place in my heart because he that makes sense. He wrote the Kingdom Keepers books, so of course he would have a book signing in the parks. Yeah, attracts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the other thing we haven't talked enough about, at least looking at the U.S., is downtown Disney slash Disney Springs because even though it's an extension of the parks. In California, it's right. It's right, goddamn there. And yeah, since right there's there. McDonald's and Panera across the street, like they gotta, they gotta put their, they gotta put the the show together. And I feel like, by and large, they do. One of the best dining experiences Springs, I've had, like ever, have been at like either Disney Springs or at restaurants in the hotels. Um, yeah, hotel. Yeah, it is a it is a fairly popular steakhouse chain, but. Shula's restaurant in I believe it's it's one it's either the Swan or the Dolphin it's one of those is legitimately like amazing mind blowing food it's very expensive it's a steakhouse in fucking Disney World but but we, the the so, standout for me yeah. is the Boathouse in downtown or yeah Disney Springs. Disney Springs yeah I just back to the Swan and Dolphin real quick even though they're operated by Marriott I still feel like the staff there get similar training to Disney employees because my god we went to an Italian restaurant I want to say it was at the Swan but it's hard to remember whichever one's on the left when you're walking from Hollywood Studios um either way we 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 went to this it was one of the best Italian meals I've ever had you know nice Italian beer we ordered some nice drinks, got a really nice bowl of pasta. And I, I always judge an Italian restaurant on their simplest dish. I actually did this this past week where I ordered just 
Cacio e Pepe from a, a restaurant that we went out to for dinner. But uh, El Molino? I always try to go. El Molino, yes, thank you. I always try to go simple. So just, I got simple. I think it was like gnocchi in tomato sauce. Like very, very basic stuff, but just it's, it, it was really, really good. <laughs> it was one of the best pasta dishes <laughs> I've had uh, outside of like the traditional like Little Italy space in, in town or whatever the case might be. But uh, it just goes to show like they, they know their, they know their stuff. They, they put together a good meal and. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I really want to shout out. Counter- um, I think it was, it's Cat Coros on the boardwalk. I don't know if it's still there. It might've turned into something different, but it, it's a, it was a Greek place. Uh, and mm. it was amazing food. Fantastic. The best, like so good. It was such a fun environment. Again, the people were great. But I, I want to go also go back to the boathouse really quick because like legitimately yep. I I love this place it is it is a go to for me of it it unsurprisingly with a name like the boathouse it is seafood so it's not going to be for everybody but the seafood there is fantastic and also reasonably priced which is so yeah. so rare when it comes to Disney related stuff plus you get to watch the duck boats come in and out and everyone crowds around and it's really cute. I will say one of my go-tos anywhere when I'm in the U.S. because they don't exist up here is Earl of Sandwich. Really? Um, and that I for, dude, Earl of Sandwich is that was just not what I was expecting you to say, dude. I mean, between between our trip to Vegas where we stayed at Planet Hollywood, there was an Earl of Sandwich on the casino floor, and then you know going to Florida with Earl of Sandwich being um, President Disney's president, like I could have eaten there three or four times on that trip. My family stopped me, but I could have done it. It's really good. It's reasonably priced. Like I'm honestly, not, I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. Like, it's it, good. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> at all. It was just one of those things. Where, like that was just not what I was expecting you to say. Well, it was. It was interesting because like the first day we got there, we get to Disney Springs. No one can decide on what they want, and I basically had to say, "Everyone, shut up. We can't agree on anything. We're going to Earl of Sandwich, and everyone's going to enjoy the goddamn sandwiches." And guess what, Griffin? Did everyone enjoy the goddamn sandwiches? Everyone enjoyed the goddamn sandwiches because they're really goddamn good. Um, there's the no, clip the out for the me, episode. There you go. There's your TikToks or your Instagram reels or your threads, whatever they're called. We don't make, um, any of those. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, at D plus us on all the socials. Morimoto Asia. I had not eaten there until this past trip, and it is without a doubt one of the best sushi meals I've ever had. Like it, I'm 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 kind of a glutton when it comes to sushi where i will go all you can eat and eat really really bad sushi in bulk but getting something that was you know they took the time and it showed with with the app like we basically just ordered a couple of appetizers and uh and sushi and they had these like popcorn shrimp things i don't know what they were like actually called on the menu i'm gonna see if i can find it um probably tempura shrimp that sounds right um, but like between that and the sushi that I ordered, oh my God, Griffin, it was like, there, there are some really, really high end yet reasonably priced dining experiences across Disney. You just got to know where to look. Mm-hmm. I think one, another one that I really love, it's not necessarily reasonably priced. It can be depending on what you eat is Rose and Crown. I think everyone like reasonable, reasonable relative to other sit down restaurants. Like this wasn't a cheap meal by any stretch. Like the, I think the sushi was like $18, but like it was really good. Yeah. So crispy popcorn shrimp tempura. You're right. Yeah. And like for what it's worth, you can't go wrong with literally any restaurant in Epcot, but Uh, which, which one? 
something like Space 220 seems like more of a gimmick than a meal that I would actually enjoy. I, I, I actually pretty there, good. so I can't speak to it. I've had it, it? Yeah, okay. I had well, it once, and the food was actually surprisingly good. Okay. Uh, like, um, yeah, uh, Rose and Crown. You sh- yeah, Rose and Crown is a classic. It is. It is probably one again one of my favorite meals. Obviously, it's the fish and chips. It's the fish and chips every time, and it will always and forever be the fish and chips, even though the rest of the meal is also fantastic. It's just that Isn't someone here likes like the a, comfort food. There's also like a window. There's a fish and chips. Yeah, there's a window, right? Because that's like, window. I remember. It is the same fish and chips. Um, yeah, okay. But there's something wonderful about sitting down. If you can get onto the patio, get out. Or if you can get as far out onto the patio as possible and watch the shows out there, having a, mm-hmm. having a beer and ha- while eating some fish and chips and watching fireworks it's it is one of those super special disney moments yeah like that fish and chips is important to me too just in my history with disney because i mentioned earlier that the trip that i went on where where we got engaged our first stop was a half day at epcot and you know sure as shit my first meal was a harp with fish and chips from that window on the patio just looking out onto the lagoon i'm like yeah it's gonna be a great week now we've talked about a lot of restaurants and it is horrible, Mitch. We have done a great disservice that we are 29 minutes up into this episode. And we haven't talked about the single greatest theming in any restaurant in any of the Disney parks. And that is... Roundup Rodeo Barbecue? And that is Pizza Rizzo's. <laughs> is the food good? Who's to say? No. Is the no. theming... The is no. Is the theming absolutely fantastic? Yes, also, yes it is. Not really. You uh, have to you have uh, to respect it. You have I wish to respect it was still pizza the Muppets. Planet. It, I, I still wish it was pizza planet. Appreciate the Muppets, Mitch. I do appreciate the Muppets, but I much more appreciate going to Animal Kingdom and sitting down in the world of Avatar. I am a strong proponent against the idea of Avatar, but like that is the one exception I make. Like sitting down at Satuli Canteen, getting my bowl or getting those cheeseburger pods, like I'm I'm living the I'm living the good life at that point. Here's the thing, Mitch. I have a Pizza Rizzo shirt. <laughs> it's somewhere over in don't. my bedroom. I'll wear it for an episode. I legitimately I don't like the food at Pizza Rizzo, but I love Pizza Rizzo. <laughs> okay, I got two more things I want to talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, I've run out of and things. This is, That's why I'm talking about Pizza Rizzo. Fine. So what one is more challenging to find in Florida because you have to go to a resort to get it, but they're all over the parks in California. And my God, are those Mickey beignets something to talk about? They're Except for when something. you take a breath and just inhale powdered <laughs> sugar and then cough it all over yourself like an idiot like I did. They are, yeah, they're really good. They're not my go-to beignets at a Disney park, but they're really good. Yeah. And I'm sure I we're about just, to get even better awesome. ones with the open of Tiana's uh, Palace. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see what what food options that brings into the park. And then the other thing too, we kind of glanced over it at the top, but like, how good is Dole Whip? Okay, everybody, let's take it from. Sorry, what's just funny because like that's going to be the uh, the thumbnail for this episode is Dole Whip because it's Dole easily Whip? the most popular yeah. food at Disney. Like, yeah, it- Dole Whip is fantastic, and apparently we were supposed to get it outside of the parks uh, in like a prepackaged thing, but I still get to see it. So I don't know what's happening. I found it once and it happens every year. 
And every time I go to this event, I get Dolit. So at our local, well, I say local, it's called the Canadian National Exhibition. It's essentially a state fair, but they call it national because I guess it's the biggest one in Canada. It's, it's quite the event. It goes on for a couple of weeks at the end of the summer. There is a booth at that event that every year, I, I shit you not, serves Dole Whip. It might not be called, it's not officially Dole Whip, but it is the exact same product in these little cups. And I go, and I spend my $8 on this little cup that costs more at the Canadian National Exhibition than it does if I go to Florida. But I don't care because it is Dole Whip and it is a way for me to live so there is that a, Dole Whip life at least once a year. There's a proper official Dole, Dole Whip cup. Oh, I know. Like, that you can buy from, like at a store. Mm-hmm. Um, Not up here, I bet. Probably nowhere near me. Um, I've never been able to find this thing. It apparently is out there, and I still have yet to find it. I do like that we got some like the Mickey Mouse ice cream bars in stores now. Um, they're, they're not, not the same. Quite the same though. They're no. much smaller and very different tasting, but it's still nice to have them. Which is like yeah, the Mickey Mouse ice creams just in general. Top top tier snack. Top freaking tier. I feel like we could go on for hours about these different foods. We can't. It's after 10 o'clock. I need to go to bed and I'm already so, hungry. So to wrap it up, Mitch, go to recommendation, any park, anywhere, number one recommendation of where to eat. Well, I, I want to do it a little different. You mentioned earlier you've got the three categories, right? You've got you snacks, do one you got quick three. service, you got table service. I would say your go-to in each category. Okay, so for yeah, snack, for, for me, snack is Dole Whip. I can't not say Dole Whip. Actually, no, no. I'm, I'm going to, everyone says Dole Whip. That's the go-to. That's, that's it. Mine is the cinnamon roll from Gaston's Tavern in Magic Kingdom God, that's in specific. Florida. That's it's really, really good. This colossal cinnamon roll with the ooey gooey going on. Oh, it's the best. Um, I'm still looking counter service. Counter service, I think, is going to be Satuli Canteen in Animal Kingdom. I think... I would say Pim's Test Kitchen had we eaten there. I think the theming and everything is really cool, but I, I didn't get a chance to try the food, so I can't comment on that. But every food option I've tried at Satuli Canteen is phenomenal. So Satuli Canteen, Animal Kingdom, book it. Table service. Huh. This is the tough one. I I have a hard time not, like, for value, I think Via Napoli in Epcot you order a pizza to share amongst a family. It's like $25 and it's a lot of food for a few people. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd go via Napoli. I think that you've got a pretty good menu and the, the family size pizzas are a great value if you're going as a group. Yeah, I think for me, it is so snack. It's still that Mickey pretzel. That's still one of my go-tos. It's still one of my favorites. That and mustard. That's all I need. And that'll last me all day. No, cheese sauce. Cheese uh, sauce. I, I don't like the cheese sauce. Oh, also i'm like kind of lactose intolerant so that will ruin my it's day not, it, griffin it's okay it's not real cheese oh it's still it treat it trust me my body thinks it is it, it's real it's, enough it's real it's real enough, real enough. Um, um but yeah that's my go-to snack uh go to counter service before, before sorry before we get off the pretzel one of my most interesting dining experiences at disney was ordering a mickey pretzel and sitting down to watch a cirque du soleil show which we'll talk about wild. hopefully in a couple of weeks so we'll get there uh go to for counter service. Counter service is a hard one for me because there's so there's many, so good many ones. good options. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna say two. 
Um, I'm going to cheat because it's genuinely a toss up for me between Pim's Test Kitchen and uh, the and Star Wars um, Galaxy or Hangar Base 6 or 7. I forget. Yeah. Seven. Um, seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then sit down restaurant. It's, it's Lamplight Lounge. It's got to be Lamplight Lounge. Like it is I didn't say so lamplight because I knew you would. <laughs> I love it so much, Rich. It is it's so my good. favorite. I have. I need to go down there just to go back to the lamplight lounge. Um, but that's it. That's going to be this episode, folks. One of our longer weekly episodes because we like talking about the food at Disney. Um, it's let, so good. Let us go know back. what is your favorite not no skip Disney food place. I want to know what it is for people. Please let us know. I need recos for my next trip. Especially if it's like Paris, because I think Paris might be our next one. Hit us in the comments on the YouTube video. If you're listening on podcast services, head over to that YouTube. Leave the comment there. And we'll take a look at them, and we'll respond to a couple. And we'll tell you if you're wrong if you don't like Mickey Mouse pretzels. Because no, you're allowed to not. Li- you're allowed to like what you like, don't like what you don't like. I don't like turkey legs because they would cause me to die. Unless you don't like Dole Whip. You're allowed to not like Dole Whip. We're just allowed to judge you for it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, go check out all the things. Mitch, where can people find us? At D plus us, your favorite socials of choice. I'm still looking for this this uh, this package of Dole Whip. I don't think I'm going to find it. Uh, we will see no, y'all in the next episode next week. But until then, have a magical day. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>